Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, 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 the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to <laughs> figure it out. Welcome to Don't Be an Idiot Podcast. We're excited to have you here joining with us today. I'm Caleb and over I'm there Jake. Is my co-host Jake. Uh, we're excited to have you with us. And today's topic I'm I'm really excited about for talking through and and just right off the gate, I want to say this is a topic I struggle with. I am actively working to Me get too. better. As if I'm not saying any of these other issues, uh, any of the other topics we have that I've, I'm killing it, I'm nailing it. But this I mean, there's one some per- that I am, <laughs> that I am the authority. Uh, we'll, we'll put up the list of where Jake is. The, but no, like this is something, oh man, it's so important. And man, I, I don't feel great about this topic. Like this is one mm-hmm. that's, that I am actively working on but still feeling like I fail so much. At. But honestly, this is what these conversations are about. Like, yes, to be clear, we're not here trying to teach you how to be perfect. People. Yeah. We're not saying we're the authority. We're saying, Hey, let's move a little bit better. So we're not Idiots. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's good. With that being said, we've got some personal experience. And by we, mm. I mean, you have got some a great story of don't be an idiot. And our topic is how to have hard conversations. And you've got a pretty good story I about, about uh, being an idiot in regards to having a hard conversation. And like all good stories, hey, it's it's when you were younger, but it also involves a girl. Yeah, so, so it was senior year of high school. Okay. Uh, after my senior year of high school. So Okay, post. Okay. I think I'm 18. I'm 18 at this point, yes. I'm at a camp called Super Summer. I was Is this the summer right like right after directly, graduation? Okay. Directly after graduation. I just graduated a month before. It's the first week of June probably. And I I just I'm in the first real relationship. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is like I've had, you know, those little junior high little Flings. you know, we're we're dating, we're not, we're sitting at lunch together, all that crap. Like this was the first girlfriend I had that like I was taken out. That yeah. I financially I invested in dates. You took her to prom, I'm assuming. Uh, took her to prom, yes. Uh we it was a pretty serious conversation or hmm. had serious conversations in, in dating. Like it, it would have been the first real relationship I had been in, okay. uh, for quite some time. I think I knew that relationship was coming to an end. I probably should have been done with it. Um, <laughs> but for me, a people pleaser and finding status and having a girlfriend, all, all of those things that young boys, men, mm. you know, that have, um, it just, I, just, to pause you there, what were some of the, like, this is why I felt like this relationship yeah, was just, coming to an end. I felt like relationally we weren't growing together. Like we weren't mm-hmm. going to be headed in the same direction to college. I okay. knew at this point I wanted to be a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she wasn't sure. She was going to still be in high school. Uh, she, okay. she was a junior. Uh, okay. Things, all yeah, not, yeah. not necessarily reasons to break up. So just there had been no, like, but this relationship. Yeah. It, it was good. It, was, it wasn't an unhealthy relationship. You mm-hmm. know, um, it, it was time. Perfect. And so I got to camp knowing probably for a couple months, uh, this is, this is coming to an end, mm-hmm. uh, and did maybe the cringiest church boy thing I've ever done. Oh no. Uh, I think Monday night after so she's service, with you, she's with you. She's at, just camp. At, at camp and, okay. it, and it's a camp of like leaders. And so, uh, 
I'm, I'm there. And so Monday night after the, the big service, so it's been emotional worship, mm-hmm. the whole, you know, kit and caboodle, whatever. Uh, I, I need to have a conversation. So we sat her down and had a conversation and I was like, Hey, I think, I don't think we're supposed to be together, but I didn't like own up to it. Like here are the reasons that I think we need to break up. I was like, I think that God is telling me that I need to break up with you. <laughs> Which is just instead of giving all the logical reasons you just it's gave cowardly, to me, you just said God told me to break up. God told me. I mean, essentially, yes. I, I I don't remember the exact words, but the <laughs> gist of it was, uh, God, I'm so close God to God that He spoke to me. Extra divine revelation, like the Scripture was yes. not enough. I God gave me a divine prophetic I'm not, word. I'm not proud of this story. <laughs> that you <laughs> yes. and I need to break up. Yeah. It could That's, have been all of the conviction I was having of being in a relationship that wasn't I, it, it could have been all the personal junk that I had. It could any of the reasons I just gave you. It was God. And of course, that really upset her. Mm. I because I'm me, like that was it, I'm over. I had a great week at camp. <laughs> she had a terrible week at camp. And and of course we had conversations after that, and we you, even you talked. Did, you you had yeah, we even talked about getting back together for a while. We decided not to. All of those things. Okay, but pretty classic. Like God told me. God told. It's really really stupid thing to do. So uh, that's the funny part of the story. Right. That's funny that yeah, I can yeah. look back then and laugh. That story had further reaching implications down the road. That because I wasn't willing to have a hard conversation, legitimately hurt her, mm. and and I. Don't I, I don't even know where she's at anymore. I, mm. I've you know there's been a couple of times people have told me about her things like that whatever. Mm. I mean it's been years, um, but I do know that for a significant part of time, like she stopped coming to church. She kind of walked away from the faith mm. a little bit. Like she had some crying. And, and I'm not saying that I had that much influence over her that I did that, but the the decisions that I kept making even after that. So moving forward from that date. So that was my senior year or my senior summer after my mm. senior year of high school. I okay. met Shauna that fall. Wow. That fall. Mm. Uh, felt head over heels with Shauna. Mm. I've you know, talked to, maybe on this with you, Caleb, a lot about just my relationship with Shauna, that it moved fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were not married or engaged that long after we met. Uh, something else that was kind of coinciding because I wanted to be in youth ministry and the church that I had left knew that I wanted to be in youth ministry. Yeah. They had recently let go of their youth pastor and they needed someone to just come and teach on Wednesday nights. And so they asked me to come teach while I was in college on Wednesday nights. My ex-girlfriend had been in that, she was in that crowd. Oh, wow. It was her senior year. And so I, I don't know the timeline, but it was a significant time after that. Mm. Uh, clearly she was still upset about it, right? She, you know, we had, we had even had conversations about me coming in and I talked about, talked to her about, Hey, this is going to be weird. All of that. Mm-hmm. Well, on that stage on a Wednesday night, I announced my engagement to Shauna. And she was in the room. And because I had never given her legitimate conversations and had hard conversations, legitimate reasons, had closure to that relationship, you think that hurt? Oh my goodness. I know it hurt because I had an adult that loved both of us, my ex girlfriend, and you know, one of our youth leaders that came to me, like, mm-hmm. hey, you handled that terribly. You had somebody else come to you and say that? Yes. <sighs> Kathy Gaynor is her name. Frank would have been a guy who discipled me, took me to a lot of OU games, like was a small group leader for me. His, his wife, wa- who knew me well and knew my ex-girlfriend well, was like, hey, you did not handle mm. that well because I avoided it. I didn't want the conflict. So there's some funny things in it that Jake's being uh, an idiot. Yeah, it, yeah. But there was long-reaching implications of my relationship and that hmm. how important it is to have 
not mean, we're not talking about mean conversations. We're just talking about the things hard. that are uncomfortable and hard to talk about of me owning up to something yeah, and saying like, Hey, this is why this is what's happening. And maybe even having some social awareness of things not to say you know, yeah. in those times. So, so as we, as we carry on with the conversation, we're going to kind of do this in two parts. The first is really just why, why is it so essential to have hard conversations. And then we're going to uh, go into how. Some practical how, stuff. How, how yeah. to do that. But I think what you just said right there at the end is, is it hard conversations have long reaching implications and we, we can't be bad at those. Um, we, I like we it. We can't. can't. You we can't afford can't. it. Uh, it. And like one of the constant themes is this, you have to be intentional. And, and this is w one of the reasons why I, I feel like I, I struggle in this is, is sometimes it's just easier to not. And just... It's always easier to not. Or, or to just not even really have thought about the conversation. Like, I, I, I would guess ahead of time, it wasn't... And maybe, maybe this is just me speaking from hard conversations I've had. But, like, it's just I didn't even know I was about to get into one. The ones that I've thought about, I, I typically do better at. But for me, a lot of times, like, I wasn't even aware that this was going to be a hard conversation right ahead. I just kind of blundered into it. Or um, ran away from it when it was presented or, to you. Or for me, yeah. when it came to it, I ran away. Um, so, so let's just talk about, for the second, or for a couple of minutes, the why. Why do you think it's so important outside of the long-reaching implications? What are some of the other yeah. reasons why? I, I think we could probably have a list of 50. Here, oh, yeah. here are a couple that I think that are important. I think to be a healthier and holistic person just in general, I think these hard conversations are going to bring you to, in the same way that you work out, the same way that you try to eat mm. well, the same that way that you try to have relationships, all of those disciplines and all those things, I think the discipline of having hard conversations is going to make you a healthier person in general. One of my, just speaking of that, I have, I don't even know how I'm related to him, but related to him in some way. He was a financial counselor for a long time. Actually, like, did, uh, was a financial peace uh, counselor. Yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Ramsey, Ramsey stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but then uh, he branched out and was doing his own thing. Uh, and he was incorporating all of the spiritual aspects of it and then physical. Uh, and it was much more holistic. Mm -hmm. And I loved the idea of holistic counseling. I, I think it's what biblical counseling is. I think that's what the church is trying to do every Sunday you show up, but we can't separate out our finances from our marriage. We can't separate out our emotions from our physical uh, our, health. Our, our yeah. physical health. Uh, all of these things are so intricately tied together. And one of those that you're saying in, in this conversation is that hard conversations are a part of being a healthy, holistic, holistic person. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I think another one is to have healthy relationships. Mm. Any relationship that's worth having that is going to benefit you mm. is going to be worth fighting for. You're going to have to have a pattern of hard conversations in those things. And we'll get to some of those examples later. But we've, you and I have both had people who we've had good relationships with. And maybe even not great ones that, mm -hmm. that have said maybe life-changing things to mm -hmm. us than in hard conversations. I think just to be a better follower of Jesus. Mm. Uh, Jesus, the perfect creator of the world, was never shying away from hard conversations. Oh, yeah. Just and reading he, through the Gospels. I'm doing this with my kids right now. Like, yeah. Just entering it. And he's saying what, what sh stuns me and it challenges me is he says the right thing all the time, but it doesn't always look like 
A, At the time. what he's yeah. saying is so contextually relevant um, to, to some people. To, to the proud, he gives truth. To the broken, he gives grace. Mm. And obviously, part of being divine, and he can see the thoughts and intents, but he is so wise in how he handles hard conversations. Um, and, and, he, and so for us as his disciples, as those who claim to be following him, we have to do this intentionally and learning from him. Yep. And he didn't have a pattern of running. Now, so, sometimes people come to him and, and it's just compassion and grace and love. Other times it's just brutal truth getting dumped out. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the we did a couple of weeks ago, the Be Nice podcast. Oh, yeah. mm. And Jesus is not nice. He's kind. He's compassionate. He's loving. He's, he's a peacemaker. Forgiveness. He is a peacemaker. Yep. Uh, but he's also the sword. And I didn't come to bring peace, but the sword. He also says that. He says hard things. And so he's, he's this master at having hard conversations. And so if we're truly trying to follow Jesus, I think that's a phenomenal point is that yeah. we have to get better at having hard conversations. We talk here a lot because we both have kids. And uh, I think just the community we're in is very kid driven mm. uh, to raise kids. Well, I think you need to be willing to have hard conversations, not only with your kids, but with your spouse and also mm. allow those conversations with your friends when they notice things about your parenting. Like those mm. are all really sensitive topics, but to oh, yeah, be a better parent, your parenting, you know, <laughs> like opening yourself up to hearing criticism. And we're your, all defensive because we are terrified that we're screwing them up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so. And so just going the other way with that, your kids are watching how you have hard conversations. Yep. Uh, on the previous podcast, your, your kids are always watching you. So how do you handle, why to do it? To help train your kids how to do it. Yeah. Uh, both with them, with your spouse, with your friends, training them how to have hard conversations. Oh, it's, that's, that's a great one. Uh, and then last year, I don't, I don't know if this is a hard why, but it's just something I think about a lot. Like if you're able, willing to, and able and willing to have these hard conversations, life is not mm. going to happen to you you're, you're going to happen to life. And that sounds like a dorky coach, <laughs> youth pastor, whatever thing to say. But but really what I'm trying to get at is like, you're going to be... The word we use all the time is intentional. Intentional. Yeah. Have a, some level of control of the things that are happening around you. And as a father, I think about that a lot. As mm. I set the temperature for my mm -hmm. home, you know what I mean? And as I set the, the visions and goals mm -hmm. and just direction of my home, like I have to be willing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the, the the underlying idea of this podcast is is uh, be intentional. Yeah. D don't if be an idiot. Be, be intentionally intentional. working to get better because we will all be Always. idiots. We're gonna fail at this. Uh, I, I I said earlier I don't feel like this is an area where I'm killing it, but I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to be more intentional about having these hard conversations because I don't want life to happen to me. I, don't I, want. Yes, that's exactly right. That's I, that's well said. If you know Caleb at all, then. This does not surprise you. He just opened a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's because it's got a list in it. What's the book? I, I, this oh. is a great book. We oh, both yeah, read yeah. it. So, <laughs> this book it's, it's just the title is worth getting. Uh, the Coward's Guide to Conflict: Empowering Solutions for Those Who Would Rather Run Than Fight. Uh, by a PhD. Uh, his first name's Tim. I'm not going to try and say his last name. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just tried reading it. Uh, so a, a couple of things. It, it gives you general ways in which we as people typically handle conflict and well like th there's uh, i think seven main ways 
we handle any conflict we come across. Okay. The, the first is, and I think for most of us, probably the most natural when there's conflict, we avoid it. Just, yeah. Yeah, you laugh it off, you ignore it, you walk away, you mm-hmm. avoid. Mm-hmm. The second is to give in any conflict. Uh, so the doormat. The door, you lay down. The doormat. Yeah. You, you lay down. So the first is the ostrich. If we're going with a popular music, <laughs> yeah. bury your head in the sand. Just uh, avoid it. I'm yeah. walking away. Uh, the second is to give in, to, to lay down, be the doormat. The third, <laughs> especially for us uh, sarcastic people, is mm. to be passive aggressive. I love this one. Uh, is, is this a personal favorite? <laughs> this, this is a personal <laughs> sin in my <laughs> life. We'll just put it that way. Be passive aggressive. Uh, yeah. The the. the Fourth, drops the passive, and it's just bully the other person. Uh, I know some it, of those. It's just aggressive. Yeah. Uh, f- fifth would be compromise. Now we're moving into some of the healthier, okay, the, the healthy ways. So compromise would be like, you know, if you do this, then I'll do this. We'll meet in the yeah. middle. Yeah, yeah. Fifty-fifty uh, uh, split, and yeah. and th- this is not bad. Uh, compromise but it does suggest not- that you're going to get some outcomes that you didn't like. Yes. Yep, your, your yep. Uh, negotiation, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the compromise. In, the, in other word, would be negotiation. Uh, the sixth is problem solve together with the other person. Okay. This is moving to a deeper level in that you're beginning to understand. It's not just my list of demands, your list of demands. What can we each do with compromise? But it's a we're problem problem solving with the other person. And the uh, seventh that that he lists in this book is is, is to honor the other person. And I think that's where you're really honor and respect. Oh, really starting to get at some of these things. Um, well, what you said about Jesus, I think would l- line up there on that seventh, mm. like whether it was truth or grace, he found honor for every person that he was having a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, would that be the ultimate goal then is yeah. to enter into these conversations partly because you do love and honor and respect that person. Right. No, that's great. Uh, which of these seven, if you had to pick one would be your default um, obviously you're trying to train yourself towards the last three. Yeah, there's two there that are clear for me. If I don't know the person, mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid and run. Okay. If I do know the person, I'm going to be really sarcastic and either make fun of them or myself. Okay. In that uh, the the, the, the more I mean? passive aggressive. You know, you know, so Caleb, if it's Caleb saying hard, oh yeah, because you're so good at this, Caleb, or something like that. <laughs> or you know, like, yeah, I'm an idiot, you know, whatever. I'm uh, I'm going to, def- that's almost like deflecting a little bit. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, what about uh, you? Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I would land hard and generally I'm going to avoid it. Uh, but by the time it's a big enough issue, I, I'm i a bully then. Because mm. for the most part, I won't... Le- legitimately and, and not legitimately, I'll avoid it. Uh, but then by the time it's built up, yeah. then I come across as a... a Fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as a, a, a steamroller, uh, yeah. a bully. And... Um, so, so those tend to be the two ways, um, <laughs> you've said, uh, interesting conflict with, between the two of us, uh, I will overwhelm you with the number of words. Oh like, yes. <laughs> I'll the be books getting, that he read. I'll be yeah. getting loud and I'll have, you have the ability to mountain, recall a mountain words. of facts that I'm just going to bury you under, uh, which if you had the time to pull them all apart, they may not actually be true or right, but I am just going to bury you on that's actually a popular debating like style yes because like okay i'm I'm getting to where i'm not strong and so i'm just going to go quantity over quality <laughs> right, here right, right. so ten thousand reasons yeah that's great so and so w- 
I want to quickly say that there's always a reason why we avoid conflict. Um, we'll tie it back into our conversations with uh, about our kids uh, doing dangerous things safely. Is uh, conflict is dangerous, inherently dangerous, and there's something we're fearing mm. in that conflict, um, whether that's a fear of harm, rejection, loss of relationship, uh, fear of anger. Uh, fear of being seen as selfish, fear of saying the wrong thing, fear of failure, fear of hurting someone else, uh, fear of getting what you want, uh, or even a fear of intimacy, of being known. Yeah. Um, those are all... Depending on your life experiences, your personalities, the, the it's whatever. It's complicated. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and I would even say here as a little caveat, like avoiding is necessary sometimes. Yes. There are times in your life where you probably don't need to have the hard conversation and maybe not yet. Or maybe it's, you know, you need to put it off. Maybe you just, so a silly example would be if I'm going through McDonald's, mm. you know, uh, I do once a week after take my kids to jujitsu. We have the hard workout and we eat mm-hmm. the great food. And it's delicious. And I order something and they give me, say I order a large fry, they give me a medium. Right. Like rip you off. I have to ask myself, is it worth it? In this moment, and we're going to get mm. to that in a second. But I, no, that, let, let's go ahead and go to this. But, so, but so driving this away, over getting back in line, going inside, yep. and it, I'm probably going to lose it. I might win and get my fries, but I'm going to lose that. I'm going to come across. Yeah. So I, I think this is in the the how to have a hard conversation. I think the first thing you need to ask is: Is this even worth it? We've all seen people. Uh, maybe it's just the emergence of the internet just the ubiquity of the internet and everybody having a phone now but like road rage uh, is yeah. just so like why are you this upset like is is, is this really worth it uh, i remember someone sometimes saying to me like why are you upset like are, maybe they legitimately have something more important to get to than you do mm. <laughs> so uh, young kids are so funny right like uh you can get them their their favorite food but if you serve it on the wrong color plate, it's all of a sudden it's garbage. The, you might as well have started in a hot pile of trash because <laughs> yes. it's on the red plate instead of the blue plate. It, it's funny because it's, it's <laughs> is it worth it? But we as adults do the same garbage. It's sometimes. the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing. We wanted the red plate. We wanted the red plate. And so like it, asking, it, is this conflict worth it? And for, for, it seems like we get really worked up about the wrong things. Uh, the the real genuine conflict that we should uh, enter into those hard conversations with, we avoid. Meanwhile, we get really upset and passionate about the things we shouldn't. And yep. that's wholly me. I'm, I'm speaking that to myself. So yeah. I hear that. Uh, but what are some of the other th- uh, steps to how to have a, hard conversation uh i think a big one for me i can go in really emotional mm. uh anytime that i've actually gone in and planned a hard conversation uh the times that they have failed or not gone well is because i have gone in without the information that i needed oh it, like it's super important especially if you tend like me to the emotional side of mm-hmm. the like I, I can tell you hard conversation where i ended up in tears for i don't even know why like it just oh. you know the, almost every like really hard conversation that I did think about ahead of time. I'm nearly in tears by yeah. the time the conversation actually comes because it's, 
it's just this raw feeling of like, I, I know I need to have this conversation, but I'm so entering into those, you mm-hmm. need to be gathering information, the necessary yeah. and appropriate information to find the why we're having this Yeah. so that it comes across one as calm one as you're taking this serious. If I come mm-hmm. to Caleb and I'm like, Hey man, you hurt my feelings. Here's why this matters here. You know, I sound like, mm-hmm. a, <laughs> you know, I'm already sounding a little soft there, but, uh, <laughs> The emotional side is really coming out, but like here, here's why this matters, and here's what you did, and here's the example. Mm. Uh, can we fix this? Yeah, and we've had those conversations. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there's also the other side. There's kind of like, hey, Caleb, like I came and apologized to him. He's like, I had no idea. <laughs> did that. Like that, that's most of the times you've apologized yeah. to me. Like I was not holding on to that. Or I didn't even know. Um, but gathering that information is going to take your cause. If you're trying to get something out of the hard conversation, it's going to give you a better chance. If you're trying yes. to honor the person, it's going to show them that you care. Gathering that's, information matters. Yeah, and and that's the discovering, discovering the why, because they also have some blocked goal. They have some objective. And the crazy thing, at least in most of the relationships where I've done the work to have these hard conversations, we find that, we actually don't disagree about the goal or, or you know, at least I, yeah, I'm good. not opposed to it, but specifically like in my marriage, right? Like we, we've got a lot of those, those hard conversations that have taken place. Her goal that is blocked, that's creating this conflict um, is, is something I am generally for. I'm generally in support of, but until we get to the goal level, the value level of that conversation, I won't, uh, we'll, we'll spend time in fighting over the wrong yeah. issues. Um, uh, and that's so good. So if, especially like going in, like if we have the same goal, mm-hmm. but maybe the route there has looks different. How can we problem solve this? Like, so if you're gathering information, like, Hey, I know that this, we both want this. I know that, that you tend to do this. And I did like, mm-hmm. that's all going to be important. So what, some other things, some just good practical, like doing yeah. these things as you're having these hard conversations. It's, I remember learning this one in college, uh, taking counseling classes is, Assumed goodwill. This again okay. specifically replies applies to your marriage relationship, but it generally applies just to just any deep relationship people yeah. in general. Uh, assume that they're not out to get you, that they're not trying to destroy your day. Even this applies to your kids, right? They did not wake up thinking, <laughs> "I don't know how can I destroy my sometimes. father's day." Sometimes, yeah, right. We assume that that's what they're thinking because it seems like they'd make choice after choice, yeah. trying to make you miserable. But that's not it at all. They're little sinners, just like we are, that you know have sinful nature and they're busy thinking about themselves. Uh, but assume that they they love you and they care about you because. People generally do. Joe uh, has a phrase for this he uses. Yeah. Uh, he calls it, give them the B-O-T-D. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is what you yelled at me all the time. Give the, me the B-O-T-D. The benefit of the doubt. Mm. Like, just for a second, assume that, it, let's, let's go back to the goal thing, that if you have the same goal, that there might mm. be different ways to get to the goal. Mm. And so just in that moment, like, what are they trying to do? Mm-hmm. If you just stop mm-hmm. to ask yourself that and assuming that they're trying mm-hmm. to do a good thing, mm-hmm. Uh, it at least might give you a pause there. The the other general principle, and this would help uh, even broaden that out to people in general. People are created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. So treat them with respect. Um, whether that's the McDonald's worker or your boss. Or the Democrat. <laughs> or the Democrat. One of the or things. The liberal, whatever yeah. you, or, or the other side, or the Republican. Like, whatever you 
struggle with. One of the things I hated the most in this book we read, uh, Confronting Injustice Without Compromising Truth, was it it talked about uh, picturing whoever it is that you think is the enemy. Yep. Left, right, up, down, doesn't matter. Uh, And saying they're a child of God who is loved by God. And just, oh, that's that's a lot harder to treat them with disrespect, to speak evil of them. Uh, so approaching all, these are all things you have to do a, ahead of time. Honestly, uh, Jesus sitting on the cross mm-hmm. or sitting, sitting on the, mm-hmm. being hung on the cross, chilling out there. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like he has mercy because he looks out and sees what created people, being, created people, beautiful and broken, man. Yeah. So well, we could what, sit there for a while. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Goodness. yeah. So, but just, di- so, when you're in conflict, and whether that's a fight in marriage or whatever, taking a step back, honestly, is a big deal. Checking your emotions, like we talked about. Your motives. Uh, your mm-hmm. motives. Is this worth fighting about? Mm-hmm. Uh, half the time for me, no. I'm just moody, like hungry, angry, yeah. tired, alone, whatever it is. I just need to eat a Snickers bar because I'm not myself, yes. right? Like, okay, it's, it's nothing about what we're actually fighting about. I'm just, but if it's a real conflict, a genuine, true conflict, okay, that they love me and care about me, assume goodwill, but then figure out what, what is it that uh, are, are they afraid of something and then begin to work together at understanding. I just think it's so important. I go back to the healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. I can, Caleb, I can multiple times. Mm-hmm. I can look back at points where like, there were hard conversations that had to be had. Yeah. There are times when I, you know, when Caleb leaves the office, I'm like, oh, finally, He's out. Like I can't see him anymore. You know what I mean? There are times, you know. His face is the worst. Well, and just legitimately saying, like when you're when you're seeing people, like hey, if you want a healthy relationship, be willing to have these hard conversations. Mm. And those hard conversations aren't always like you wronged me. Oh yeah. Sometimes for guys, specifically guys, and for some girls, like you need to look at the person who you're close to and say, "I love you." Mm. Like you're my person. Like. You need to what's be your, vulnerable. Your, your ride or die. You're my ride, ride or die. You know what I mean? And, and that's at the friendship level. We just listened mm-hmm. to a guy talk about um, the spiritual relationships in your life should be spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. the relationships mm-hmm. in your life. And you, I, I, you know, you, you know me and like I, the value I put in relationships. Like mm-hmm. if you're not willing to have these hard conversations, you're not willing to have good, your good relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got an example of one. I do. Yeah. We have some examples, I think, to, to end this Land the plane. In, in this week, land the plane. For, for me, I, I'm, I'm calling him out. Stephen Cross has been a guy that has always been loving, encouraging, and has said hard things to me. And mm-hmm. I've had plenty of people in my life who've said hard things to me. You know what I mean? Um, but there's this one that sticks out. Like, mm-hmm. if you've heard me, you know, I, t- I told you one of my things with the people that are close to me, I, I tend to sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have just a very teasing relationship with most people in my life. <laughs> I, I pick and I tease and I... I love on and I play, you know, things like that. Right. Uh, and, and it comes out of my teaching style. It comes out mm-hmm. of the way I sometimes in the way I discipline in some of the way, you know, all of those things. And I remember Stephen, uh, it might've been with you too, but Stephen sitting down with me like, Hey, like you need to know that sarcasm is the lowest fruit on the tree. It's low hanging fruit. Hmm. So it's always going to be there. And I remember he said, he goes, you're funny enough and you're <laughs> talking and you're like, you're great. Like reach higher. Like mm-hmm. don't always just go straight to sarcasm because yeah. it hurts people, especially if they're not aware what you're, you're aware of or whatever going on. It legitimately changed the way that I talked and I taught and I disciplined 
Mm. And I joke with people. Mm. I, I, there's still going to be sarcasm. Low hanging fruit <laughs> is still there. You know, I'm still picking it off yeah. that low branch, but it makes me pause and think like, can I reach higher here? I, uh, shout out to Steven, man. That's awesome. It's, and Love it's a guy. risk. Love that guy. It was a risk for him. Mm-hmm. It was a risk for you, but it, the long-term implications were you are a better person. You're a better communicator. And that's not to mention the dozens, hundreds of people that are affected by that hard conversation. And that's exactly what yeah. we're about. And a little side note there too. Like Steven had that permission in my life and I listened to him because not only does he willing to have hard conversations, but he loves on me and encourages me and builds me up and supports mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. He's a friend. He's a yeah. close, genuine friend. And so he had that permission. So you've got a couple. Um, yeah, the, you have it labeled. I'm just going to say yeah. like the two two of the most pivotal moments. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let, let's hear them. So uh, middle school is hard anyway, right? <laughs> yes. Middle, Save uh, for the ones in the back. Yeah. Middle yeah. school yeah. is hard. Parents of middle schoolers, you know, they're aliens. Yeah, they're <laughs> weirdos. <laughs> they're supposed to be. And... Uh, but so for me, uh, homeschool, just, just to give some context, I'm an intensely relational love social, but I was homeschooled. And so I felt intensely isolated. I had this desire to be popular, not unique desire to be liked, uh, wanted to have fun, but I had a middle school leader, uh, named Todd Witters who came to me, uh, when I was in middle school at youth group. And he said, Hey, there's this click forming and i remember thinking yeah and i want to be in it and i'm the center of it and yes i was hoping to be right like uh i am much quieter now than i was back then so yeah uh you can only imagine (laughs) but and he said to me hey for the health of this youth group you have to break that up todd was his name todd witters i like it there you go, Todd. Uh, oh my goodness. And so I remember leaving and going out to the gym where everybody's running around and hanging out. And literally the click of kids is standing there and they're my friends. And I love that they were my friends and they were the cool kids. And I was in it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, but I need to do better. And I want us to be a group, not the little us. Yeah. The, the big us. Us is a youth group. And worked hard for the next couple of months. And, and honestly, it, it did. It disintegrated. Some of those kids left and, and didn't really stay because they wanted to be this, this clicky little group. But uh, I got to see the benefit of that later in high school. Is that was my, my people, as you say, mm-hmm. uh, my group of friends. And it was great. Uh, another one was in... So he, he spoke, he saw something positive in me and said, you are a leader. Mm-hmm. Go do this change the direction of this um, and challenge me to do better than what I had been doing to change my trajectory. The second conversation is honestly almost the exact same thing, but for an entirely different reason. Uh, it was a cute girl in college. Uh, I was about halfway through my freshman year and um, was making some stupid choices. Nothing like super sinful or anything, just some bad choices. And I remember uh, she was a cheerleader uh, Kristen Griffin is her name. And, uh, I'm eternally thankful for her for seeing this little kid, young freshman Caleb and, and saying, and and she was in circles with me and, and knew some of my friends and pulled me aside and said, Hey, come to Walmart with me. It's a 15 minute drive. And, uh, while we're in the car, 
going uh, to Walmart. She, she's like, Hey, I know you're in youth ministry and I know uh, we went to the same church. And she's like, Hey, I know you've been making these choices. Is that the man you want to be? Mm. <laughs> Bring the sledgehammer out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just, just an utter punch to the gut. And I wasn't, I wasn't making choices that, but that was a, a pivotal fork in the road for me. And, and no, this is not the course I want to be on. So will I get up and do better? It's so good. Uh, I mean, I would ask, you know, whoever's listening, like what conversation are you avoiding mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. What conversation needs to happen in your life that you're scared of mm-hmm. or that, you know, you're waiting to take a relationship deeper because you're not willing to be vulnerable with that person. Mm. And what is it going to take? What kind of courage is it going to take to step into that? To s- b- both sides of that, by the way. The step in and have the conversation mm-hmm. and the step in and hear the conversation. That's good. I just think about the risk that Kristen took. Mm-hmm. She did a couple of strategically smart things, got you in the car, <laughs> got you away from the normal group. Yep. And said something hard where you couldn't run away from. Yeah. Knowing the avoiding Caleb. She probably knew that too, maybe. Yeah. Like, or at yeah. least, you know, didn't want that to happen. Yeah, it was so. it was a a well thought out train in, in a loving, supporting environment. Like it wasn't guilt and condemn condemnation. Yeah. Uh it, it was, hey, is this is this who you want to be? And it was very positive. So no, that's good. This is this is a hard topic. As Caleb said, we haven't figured this out. Uh, we had plenty of stories there for you about how we failed it. Uh, but these are important. Super important. And and like all of it, be intentional and and have those hard conversations. We're just hoping to help give you a couple more tools in your journey. Okay. Well, until next time, don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm.